on a mission. It's a mission to turn our world upside down. That happens when people hear the good news of Jesus. So get ready for God to turn you upside down. So let me welcome as a guest to this episode, uh, my friend, a colleague, uh, Milton Chan. Milton has graduated from Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. He's graduated from their biblical counseling program. And in the past year, he started a counseling service in the greater Toronto area. Welcome to our podcast, Milton. Thanks for having me, Rand. So why don't we just go into the topic at hand? It's that topic you and I have talked uh, before this about the topic of loneliness. Yeah. It's a topic maybe that's fresh in our minds with the holiday season coming up. Maybe just to start with, what would you say? Is it just a, a handful of people, some people who feel lonely, or or would you say it's lots of people? Oh, I mean, right about now, it's almost everyone, right? I don't think there's a hmm. person in the world who hasn't felt lonely in some point in their lives, even uh, without COVID. Um, but some are just able to ignore it or hide it and get through it better than others, right? And with mm-hmm. COVID-19, that's the very first thing that we are thinking about. People are becoming increasingly disconnected, and that contributes to loneliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough... We kind of, kind of, kind of have a, a double whammy right now, right? The, the coronavirus and now with... With Christmas and New Year's approaching, mm-hmm. uh, but even I guess outside of the unusual uh, time we're in with coronavirus, even in more normal times, uh, how is it that many people can just feel more lonely, more disconnected, maybe uh, during the holiday season? Yeah, I mean, when we think about the holidays, and I was just talking to a friend recently about, well, how do you spend Christmas? What does that look like to you? And um, usually it's marked with get-togethers with family, right, friends, any traditions that uh, you may have that have been passed down and that we look forward to, that we've grown up with, and generally happy memories. You know, it's a time of year that uh, we look forward to. And some people, like you, know that they are very excited for Christmas because it's October maybe and they're already listening to Christmas music. Uh, They're already setting up uh, Mm -hmm. decorations. And mm-hmm. the thing is, though, it's not always a happy occasion, uh, not for everyone. For some, it's even a dreadful time. Um, the holidays and family gatherings can be a sore reminder of what's missing in a person's life. And they may be thinking about a lost loved one from this past year or the absence of a significant other. And this happens even as we are with other people. It doesn't even need to happen when we are by ourselves. And so it may seem easier to skip such occasions and avoid pleasantries and, you know, maybe the fake smiles and banter that, you know, we would rather not have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is so much artificiality maybe with uh, with the holiday season. I mean, probably especially in sort of the way the, the world celebrates. I've been hearing this song on the radio again. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and it's all this sugar-coated, happy music. I don't know. Do we sometimes maybe try for too much joy during the holidays, or 
or an artificial kind of joy. What would you say about that, Milton? Yeah, I mean, the first thing, uh, and I, it's, it's hard to keep my mind off of it, is that that song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, because at least for me, it's synonymous with back to school, right? A particular <laughs> company has that song stuck in our heads around September and then again in, in December. And I think about uh, more modern classics like uh, Last Christmas and All I Want for Christmas is You. And those songs do say a little bit about what happiness and joy may look like, uh, whether that's in our lives or especially at this time of year. So yeah, there is that artificial um, sense where, yeah, we, we should be happy. We're supposed to be happy. There's that pressure uh, to not only feel that way, but as, if we're playing host, uh, to make that joyful environment produce that for other people. Um, but, you know, of course, for Christians, we are celebrating our Savior's birth, right? And that's, that's the true meaning of Christmas. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even with that, though, I wonder if there might be Christian pressure. I, I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> just just sort of artificial pressure. Hey, Christian, why aren't you happy? Why aren't you whistling joy to the world? Hark the herald angels sing. Yeah. Jesus has been born. What What's the matter with you? Right. And <laughs> being in that position to sing Christmas carols, right? Like you say, joy to the world. Um you know, emotions are complex and we can experience thankfulness even if we feel unhappy. And that might seem mm. a little odd. It's difficult and it does mm. take a little bit of faith. You know, we don't have to be afraid of being unhappy or sad during a season where people are uh, generally happy. Hmm. Interesting. Not, we don't have to be afraid of being unhappy. Interesting. What do you mean by that? We don't have to be afraid of being unhappy. So, so it's all right to be, to feel a little lonely, to feel a little discouraged. I think that we don't necessarily like to be honest about mm. hard things um, and experiencing mm. unhappiness and sadness. And when I say uh, afraid, it's it. it it starts to tangle with that pressure to be a certain way, to feel a certain way um, or else, right? Or else it ruins the mood or else um, people won't want to talk to me, right? I'll feel mm -hmm. even more mm -hmm. lonely, right? But mm -hmm. we shouldn't lie to ourselves, right? We mm -hmm. can be temperate when it comes to how we feel in a social situation perhaps, Um but we shouldn't be afraid to sit in these emotions when we should, right? And push them mm -hmm. aside. That, that's, I think that's helpful. You mentioned earlier, hey, with, with, with Christmas gatherings, even if it's virtual this year, there, there may be some empty places. Mm -hmm. a, a loved one has died. I'm, I'm thinking of a, a friend of mine, and he was in his 40s, early 40s. And, and last December, he, he died completely unexpectedly. He had just gotten mm -hmm. married and I think this Christmas is just going to be very tough for his wife, his widow, and for the rest of the family. But I, I guess just to be honest about that, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Rand, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that about your friend. And it saddens me to hear how hard it is or will be for his wife and his family. But grief looks mm -hmm. differently 
for everyone. So I, you know, I want to refrain from saying too much here, but we do have to be honest with ourselves with how we are doing during mm -hmm. especially emotional times and Christmas holidays. It is emotional, right? Emotional can be happy. Emotional can be sad. It can be angry, a, a whole host of things, but it is all in all emotional and that can trigger certain reactions and memories. I remember Jesus's words, you know, that his yoke and his burden are easy. And that means that we can mm. approach him because he's inviting. He's inviting us. He's inviting us when things are hard. God gives us grace. Mm. And this may sound strange, but we have to give ourselves grace too. That may mean doing mm. one or two less things than we usually do to celebrate or making sure there is a room or a place we can go to when we are feeling emotional. And even letting someone who is around know how we are feeling so that we can, we know that they're there, they're keeping an eye on us and someone we can talk to, right? There's, there isn't a time limit on grief, right? I, I know it's been mm -hmm. a year for, since your friend has passed, but there's no time limit. It's just good that we mm -hmm. take the time to slow down, take whatever time we need to process. Mm-hmm. I, I like that you said uh, to give ourselves grace, that that when especially these unhappy or lonely feelings or sad feelings come upon us, that we we should give ourselves grace. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. give ourselves freedom. Give ourselves that gift. I guess that's the theological meaning of that word, right? God's, God's yeah. gift to us in Jesus Christ, not what we've earned or deserved, but just this free gift of, of, of love and, and unmerited kindness. We have to be kind to ourselves uh, too, maybe especially as believers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a funny thing because we know that God gives us grace, and yet we seem to withhold ourselves of such grace, right? We don't, like you said, we're, we're hard on ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. what are we trying to accomplish here? But I, I guess when I think about this, I'm, I'm especially thinking about people who host these gatherings, but are having a hard time themselves, right? That these are the people who need grace, especially, and to remember that that is being extended to them. They don't need to play a certain role if they feel that they mm -hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah, that's 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 grief, that's loss, that's a dealing with it with the death of a loved one. Maybe going back particularly more to, to loneliness, feeling lonely, feeling lonely sure. through this holiday season, through this cold and dark winter season, especially here in northern climates. I I'm thinking of that Bible verse in in Genesis chapter two. God says it's it's not good for that man, for Adam to be mm -hmm. alone. I'll create a helper suitable for him. Not good for man to be alone. What, I don't know, does that say anything about loneliness, uh, Milton? What What would you say on that? Yeah, it, I mean, it says something. Yeah, I mean, God did say something about it not being good for Adam to be alone, um, but it has less to do with this feeling of loneliness that we experience today than we think. Um, remember that this mm -hmm. was before sin entered the world. And God went from calling his creation good to very good after both Adam and Eve were made. So God has a purpose mm. for Adam 
right? In the same way that mm-hmm. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit were in perfect harmony, perfect communion, uh, he wanted people to experience that with each other and also with him, right? There's that reflection of, of who God is. So it's, it's not a complete picture of who God is. Uh, for Adam to just be, you know, with all these creatures that he had to name, work the garden, um, and who had their own counterparts, while Adam was the only other human in existence, it was very good only after he was in the picture, there was some other human that Adam was with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I've, I can recall some theologians in the past, you know, that God says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And so these theologians interpreting this passage, so so God made them male and female, that that together um, in fellowship, in marriage, in friendship, however that would, would look, that there's a sense that God wants us to be together. And that reflects something of the essence of God himself. He's He's one God, but he lives in communion in this threeness, this this community uh, mm-hmm. almost of, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so he wants his creatures, us as humans, to, to live in communion, in community as well. And, and that's something good, and we reflect him in that. Uh, maybe, Milton, some other things in the Bible that from the top of off your head you, you you're thinking about some some chapters, some verses um, about people feeling lonely. What uh, might yeah. you yeah. what might yeah, you think sure. of? Mm, yeah, I mean, God left us with many passages, and I think one of the first places we want to go to is the Psalms, especially when we want to express how we feel to Him, uh, or even just have words that we can express. So. Off the top of my head, I, I'm thinking Psalm 22, right? And these are familiar words as Jesus has uttered them also, right? My my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you far from me? Um, and I'm a worm and not a man, uh, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. Uh, all who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. And continuing, it says, be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. So the Bible is descriptive uh, with what this loneliness can feel like, and this enables us to be able to say these words and feel these things and um, be able to pray. Right? And I also think of Psalm 13, right? right off the bat from the beginning. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? I mean, I, I think that for the Christian, as we go through this world, we we often feel like that, uh, and we are praying these words to Him. Hmm. Hmm. So the the writers of these Psalms, I, I guess what you're saying, they they weren't afraid to share their loneliness, and they're actually being inspired by God. These aren't uh, sinful words that they're just being honest. Uh, So I guess when people come to you, Milton, uh, for counsel, for advice, for uh, just to be a sounding board, um, you'll spend time uh, talking with people about feelings like this, whatever they're feeling. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, the emotions, right, that's that's a fundamental part of being human. And 
I don't think we understand a person until we know how they feel, until we understand that mm. as well. And oftentimes we are saying more with how we say things rather than the words we use to convey them. We, we call that content versus process. And you know, we have to be patient when we listen to people um, because they are also wrestling with uh, their emotions as well as you know, the events uh, that they are trying to recount and what these emotions mean. And they're working out through different ideas and beliefs. So it's all kind of converging together. And emotions can tell us a lot about where they are at with that. Mm-hmm. So, so in the church, in a church context with uh, fellow believers, um, I wonder if we let people, fellow believers, be honest about their feelings. Isn't it our tendency maybe to, to judge people, especially fellow believers, or to, to correct them, especially when they have these more negative feelings? We don't have a problem when they're expressing a joy or love or they speak of their peaceful feeling. But when they have some of these more negative feelings, they're lonely, they're feeling isolated, they're feeling all alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what'd you say on that? Don't don't we in the church judge fellow believers quite quickly on that? We can. Yeah, we certainly we certainly do. It's easy to share in people's joys sometimes than it is in their uh, burdens, right? And mm-hmm. for the most part, we aren't that comfortable with it, um, at least from what I have noticed. And it can be uncomfortable hearing someone share their feelings when we don't know how to respond. And we're kind of just left with it and we're like, oh man, I don't want to say anything um, wrong or that could make things worse. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, mm-hmm. silence is the most that we can muster. Um, and then silence is not exactly interpreted as favorable. And this is just something that takes time to learn. Right? On the other hand, I'm thinking on the other side, it can be scary to be sharing something about ourselves to other people. I think uh, mm. that in a person's mind, that can be quite reasonable. Um, they are thinking about how to be wise about who they can trust. Maybe they've been uh, burned in the past. They have to think about uh, who is helpful before they can share these kind of intimate things. And we ourselves may have had that experience of feeling judged or misunderstood. We may have that feeling of awkwardness and feeling exposed or feeling seen in a way that reminds us of shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thinking of the Bible again and, and going forward in the scriptures from the Psalms, the Old Testament, there's, there's lots in there, lamentations. I mean, that's tied with a particular context in Israel's history, the the, the being carried away into into exile. But when we get to the New Testament, huh, we come to to Jesus and we as believers, we're, we're seeking to follow after him. What's your sense about Jesus as, as you read the Gospels and as you try to understand his, his, his ministry? How, how would you say he dealt with people's loneliness or, or other negative feelings? I mean, Jesus was there, <laughs> right? He... Mm-hmm encountered various people, right? And he himself mm-hmm. uh, knew that they experienced loneliness. And the first group of people that I think of are the lepers, right? people who had this skin disease and they were on the fringes of society and ostracized from the rest of common people. And he approached them, 
right? He touched them. Mm-hmm. He went near them. And uh, by our modern translation, that is um, a scary thing to do, right? When when other people are, are seeing that, and that's kind of the thing we are called to do. I, I think about also uh, Jesus' own experience with his disciples when they abandoned him, when they uh, betrayed him, um, several times uh, where uh, Jesus is turning to them and says, don't you guys get it? Don't you guys get what I'm trying to do here? Why I am uh, placed on the earth here? Right? Jesus dying on the cross. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we talked about uh, the psalm earlier. Right? Despite knowing he was doing the greatest good and following the will of the Father, you know, he experiences that suffering. It doesn't make it less. Um, mm-hmm. And that compassion that he has for people is there as well. It's all mixed together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've heard it said that uh, counseling or the counseling process is, is sort of like peeling onions, uh, peeling back the layers. So, so when counselors are having these conversations, several sessions usually, um, there's sort of a process of getting down to deeper issues. So, so what would you as a counselor uh, be thinking, what might be going on when people come to you expressing their feeling of loneliness? Mm-hmm. What might be, again, we're not talking about any specific case, so it's hard to, to get real specific, but but just in general, I guess, why could it be that that some people feel especially lonely? Yeah, like you said, it's, it's hard to talk about specifics. I don't want to make any um, assumptions here, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'd say that loneliness and moments where we feel this way are a reality in this life um, because this world is ultimately not our home. We were mm-hmm. made to experience fellowship with God and we experience that imperfectly with other people. We may feel lonely as we think about the people we wanted to be with this holiday season. We may feel lonely knowing that this pandemic won't let up anytime soon. We may feel lonely when our mm-hmm. friends don't want or can't hang out with us. And we may feel lonely because it is hard to make close friends, you know, especially as we grow older. And surprisingly, we can even feel lonely in our marriages when we feel misunderstood or neglected. And the connection we are lacking here reminds us that there is something better than this world and this life, that something better is coming. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we don't really remember this. <laughs> we are just mm-hmm. left feeling the loneliness, feeling the the pain. We want to fill the void, maybe keep busy, numb the pain, push people away even. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose, too, in the church, that despite our best intentions to minister to one another, to minister one another, e- even in a crowd, in, in, a, in a full worship service, again, these days we have to limit ourselves in that, and, and many churches aren't even meeting physically, but but in normal circumstances, um, how does that happen? Even in a in a gathered congregation with with even mm-hmm. hundreds of people, sometimes that that some believers end up feeling lonely. Yeah, it, and it happens all the time, and it happens every week. We we talked about it a little bit earlier, where uh, we may not feel safe or understood uh, to be sharing certain details. Um, but let's you know zoom out a, a bit, and we can think of newcomers, or even the first time any of us has 
gone to a new church and you know nobody knows that us at all right and we don't feel welcome either um, worse is you know when it's not our first time right and we've mm. been around <laughs> week to week and you know people don't really know us we haven't made uh friends right? and that's that's hard mm. that's loneliness that is quite tangible we can see that um week to week mm-hmm yeah, so our, you know, we're we're going to continue this conversation. At least you and I have been talking about that, Milton. That uh, next time, more, how can the the church minister, not not just professional counselors, one on one help in that professional sense, but how can we in the church, how can we as the body of Christ, really be be sensitive to this? That there are lonely people during this season, the holidays, the. The, the, the long winter, there's probably going to be more of this feeling and, oh, and sure. how we can, yeah, how we can just target and, and be aware and, and, and help one another. But before our time is up completely, just maybe tell us something about your, your counseling service, what you're, what you're intending, what, what groundwork has been laid. Just, mm-hmm. just tell us something. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, it's called Luminix. So this is a word that, um, I made by combining the Latin word lumen, which means light, and the Greek word nix for night, and together it means light in present darkness. And I was thinking one night, you know, how to encapsulate what counseling uh, can look like, uh, or just the plight of someone who needs help. And immediately I thought about darkness everything just seems lost and I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. Um, But then there is some light that can lead a person out of that darkness. And that's how I, I came up with it. And, you know, I'm not thinking, and I can't stress this enough. I'm not thinking that I am that light. Um, Rather I'm, I'm thinking that Jesus is that light. Uh, He is, Mm -hmm that hope that we can have when things are hard as we go through this life. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to show that in the logo as well. I know uh, your listeners can't see it right now, but it's a silhouette of a man and a woman, uh, their faces as they are on the backdrop of night or darkness, uh, looking up towards the star of Bethlehem, which is uh, a familiar image uh, in this time as it's Christmas season. Um, but that star represents hope, hope of the world, um, that Christ is coming, that Christ is uh, born, and he has come to save. He's come to help those who are lost. And I hope that I can just be part of that mission of reaching out to people uh, and showing them this greater light uh, to be helped. Mm-hmm. And right now, sessions, of course, are online because we are in a, a global pandemic time. But I hope that down the road, we can do more in-person things. And if they, mm-hmm. if anyone wants to contact me, the best way is through email uh, at Milton. It's, it's Milton at Luminix.ca. And the website is also luminix.ca, which is spelled L-U-M 
www.inyx.ca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen your website. It's a it's a beautiful picture, and we see that light, that star. We think of uh, Jesus Christ, and yeah, we think of this uh, Christmas season too. Jesus born of Mary, uh, coming into this world, the light of the world, right? That gives us right. uh, hope and 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 life, not only in this present uh, earth, but in 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 the life that is to come. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much, Milton. It's been good uh, talking with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. Uh... And- it's been great, and I'm glad that you could have me on here. And we'll talk to you for uh, part two, really, uh, of this conversation. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Randall. This podcast is produced by my brothers in Christ, Dennis and Moses. Won't you tell your friends about us? We're Mission Upside Down. Thank you.